With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Michael Berry, and welcome to our podcast. This commercial-free audio is made possible by top tax defenders, great folks who also sponsor and support our show. If you need help with the IRS, start at toptaxdefenders.com. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Well, I know I say this every day, but it's been true in the Trump presidency. There's political news worthy of our time, including lots of proposed budget cuts. And the liberals are screaming. They're not happy, not one bit. We've got news out of Hawaii where a judge has struck down Trump's travel ban 2.0. We'll have reaction to that and some thoughts on why he did it. There will be a reference to Nickelback on today's show. Just preparing you for that, there will be a reference to Nickelback. Um, An update on NBC's position on Rachel Maddow's stunt she pulled earlier in the um, year. There will be a reference to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and... um, let's say, to Indian immigrants. There'll be a reference to student loan defaults, which are spiking. There will be an Andrew Napolitano quotation. We won't really get to all these, but if you've listened to the show for very long, you know that what I do is I tell you we're going to get to them all, and then we end up running out of time because somewhere along the way, cornbread gets in the way. But before we do all that, let's go back and remember, shall we? How crazy the Democrats are. So Nancy Pelosi is speaking. Clip number 75, Ramon, if you would be ready with that. If you'd have 75 at the ready. And by the way, uh, I'd like to say that Ramon has done at least a C-plus job of hitting the audio for me while I've been out this week. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. He's got a lot on his plate, bless his heart. He's got a lot on his plate, more than usual. And that's really saying something, literally and figuratively. Am I right, Ramon? Oh. What are you doing, your own theme song? What else do you want me to say? He took a nap on my uh, couch today. I had two different people walk into my studio because the um, alarm went off. I've got an alarm to keep people from going into my studio. And it went off, and two different people went in to check to see who had gone into my studio and took pictures of Ramon taking a nap on the couch in my studio, which is interesting. So, uh... Back to it. Nancy Pelosi thought she would attack Donald Trump's budget online. And instead, I think the woman's truly losing it. Clip number 75. Go. More than $9 billion cut from, other, from education. Now, remember this. Nothing brings more money to the Treasury 
than investment in education. So when the Republicans say we need to reduce the deficit because, and so therefore we must cut education, that is a stupid economy because it would, again, nothing brings more money to the Treasury to reduce the deficit than the education of the American people and recognizing that our mission is about the future. It's about the future, and that future demands that we invest in education and health, the health and well-being of the American people and our families for our children, our children, our children. So I wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day. Perhaps as we have St. Patrick's Day lunch, we can have a, a common, a moment of, uh, of um, what? <laughs> a moment of comedy, of comedy, of goodwill uh, in honor of St. Patrick. And hopefully that will carry us through. But this budget is really a slap in the face of the future. You know, um, I think the Stones would refer to that as Mama's Little Helper. I want to go back. Um, there were several press conferences that John Boehner did that I'm pretty certain he was drunk at. And there were congr- I've had congressional staffers that I've known who over the years have fed me information off, off record. Uh, and uh, have said that it was common for Boehner to be drunk uh, doing press conferences or giving speeches or conducting hearings, and um, everyone in the room knew it, and that was why he cried, and you could tell it, and he would slur. I want you to listen this time, and forget that she's talking about Trump's budget, and forget the stupid things she's going to say. I just want you to listen to the tone And I want you to hear a woman that is under the influence of some sort of a drug and still came out and gave a speech, and she is struggling to get through it. Just listen to her tone. Go. More than $9 billion cut from from education. Now, remember this. Nothing brings more money to the Treasury than investment in education. So when the Republicans say we need to reduce the deficit because – and so therefore we must cut education – that is a stupid economy because it would, again, nothing brings more money to the Treasury to reduce the deficit than the education of the American people. For a moment. Um, first of all, that comment is not based in any economic theory that anyone who actually thinks believes. That's the sort of thing you tell a six year old when they're going off to kindergarten that nothing returns more to the economy and education is as the mother of the economy is um you study hard and you learn and education is uh, what we want to be if you don't do education you will be stupid and we have to spend a billion and trillion gillions millions facilities because education is what's gonna gonna do us some good that's a lie first of all I will tell you that any of you who has ever served on any governing body including your local PTA knows that spending more money on an item does not necessarily mean you're getting more out of it Just because you spend more money on education doesn't mean that your system will perform better. And just because you make cuts in education doesn't mean that your system will perform worse. 
there is the idea that there is waste built into every system, and there is. There's waste built into every budget. You don't see it as waste because it might be comfort and convenience. It might be going to conferences. It might be um, end-of-year party budget. It might be you name it. This idea that all of a sudden our children are not going to have schools to go to or books to read because you make education cuts is ridiculous. It's absurd. If you've ever had to budget, and it would be interesting to know how many people in the media have ever actually had to budget, but I'll guarantee you in your household, when you've done it, if you've had the prudence and fiscal discipline to do so in your family, you know that you start cutting things and the kids start screaming, what do you mean we can't have cable television? Or what do you mean we can't have the advanced package of HBO and Showtime and who knows what? What do you mean we can't do this? What do you mean we can't do that? You know, Nancy Pelosi, you know who she sounded like? Play the other clip, Ramon. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as. The Michael Berry Show. Listen to that clip of uh, Nancy Pelosi that we ended the segment with again. Is that 76, that last one you just played right there? Go ahead. Okay. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and I believe that they should uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. Um, or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our thank you very much South Carolina you know the difference between that beauty pageant contestant and Nancy Pelosi? The beauty pageant contestant's actually good looking. Our national debt is $19.9 trillion. It is an unsustainable amount of money. And even with the cuts I'm about to tell you that Trump is offering, the proposed budget is not balanced. It has 3.3 trillion dollars in revenues and 3.9 trillion dollars in spending it doesn't take a math genius to recognize that's an annual deficit of 600 billion dollars now Trump had promised during the campaign 
to balance the budget in eight years. His budget um, director was speaking before Congress today, or was speaking before the media today, the press, and when asked that question, will he still balance the budget within eight years, said, um, no, uh, this is not really the time to have that conversation. We should, we should have that conversation at a different time. The budget breakdown, as it's been proposed by President Trump, 7% of what we pay is the interest on the debt. What's disturbing about that, and let's use your household income, is you know that every month there is a certain amount of money that you pay on the borrowing that you've done. And if that amount of money is on borrowing on your credit cards and you begin taking debt in order to pay the interest on debt, I hope you recognize that you are now in the quicksand. Ramon, how come it is that they had quicksand in all the movies? Every movie was required to have quicksand, and then all of a sudden... No quicksand. I feel like they could have phased down quicksand. Like, all right, dial it back. Nobody's ever going to come in contact with quicksand. So let's uh, let's cut it, you know, 10% per year and do that over about a 30-year period. But it, it's kind of like laugh tracks. Do you notice that? It's as if there was quicksand and then no quicksand. But quicksand was always good because remember, Ramon, they would be they'd be they'd be going down, and while they were going down, they would make the statements that we all needed to know. Remember. And you wouldn't know if, if they were going to make it. Ramon, I defy you. Maybe people could call in. Don't put them on the air. Maybe not. You don't want to hear a bunch of calls. But I would be interested in knowing. Maybe email me. Go to michaelberry.com and send me an email. What is, in your opinion, and don't use the Google, the last movie to have quicksand in it, the most recent movie? All right, 7% is the interest we pay on the debt. 25% is pensions. That's primarily Social Security. 28% is health care. That's Medicare and Medicaid. That's health care mostly for old and uh, uninsured people. 21% is the military. Um, education, now this is federal, is 3%. Now, I saw some tweet activity today of some people screaming and hollering that education is only 3% of our, of our national budget. But remember, education is a local and a state expense. It should be uh, an almost completely local expense because it's far more efficient. However much people want to spend on their schools, however good they want their public school to be, they should do that as, you know, Oh, Ramon says that in 2008, did somebody call in and tell you this? Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think you Googled this, Ramon. Tell the truth. Did you, don't. Are you sure? Why did you watch it a week ago if it's nine years old? Are you me? Okay. So Ramon says that the 2008 movie Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, had a quicksand uh, scene. Okay, all right. Um, so back to the budget, the things that matter. Let's see, i got to put my glasses on here. Welfare, 9%. Protection, 
transportation 2%, general government 1%, other spending 2%. So um, Patton Oswalt, who bless his heart, he's a funny comedian, but he needs to stay out of politics because he has some very immature opinions. He says of Trump after the budget, quote, I hope he faces an international criminal court for this. This is terrorism by neglect and ignorance. You know, if you're going to offer a childish position, and if you're going to suggest that cutting some of the arts is somehow terrorism, while you think that not allowing potential terrorists from six countries that are fomenting terrorism right now is not terrorism, or when it does actually manifest itself that it's workplace violence, you shouldn't refer to that person as ignorant. It feels awkward. Not good. Not good. Well, Mulvaney, the OMB director, speaking before the press today, and um, the New York Times culture writer, Sopan Deb, writes, uh, Mulvaney seems to make an assumption that coal miners in West Virginia and steel workers in Ohio have no appreciation for the arts. Because the point was, the Trump budget is not going to fund PBS, it's not going to fund uh, a bunch of arts programs, it's not going to fund all these things, and what it's going to do is it's going to serve the coal miner in West Virginia and the steel worker in Ohio. And now all of a sudden the culture writer for the New York Times, kind of guy who would ridicule coal miners in West Virginia, is now defending their sensibilities. Coal miners in West Virginia need arts too. Ask the coal miners in West Virginia whether they would like you to fund some art museum in New York of Jesus Christ in a bottle of urine or Jesus Christ as a gay man being raped or uh, 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 Mary Magdalene uh, committing some crime or whatever else they have decided uh, pooping on the flag or whatever else they've called art you ask that guy with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In West Virginia, who's sending his hard-earned tax dollars for which he crawls down into a cave and, and sends those dollars up to D.C. so they can be sent to the artists uh, in New York to sculpt all day and go see Hamilton at night. Yeah, I think Trump's got a better eye. Uh, I think he is more in tune with what the steel worker in Ohio and the coal miner in West Virginia wants, and frankly, it's why he's the first Republican in quite some time to win those votes. That's why. That's why he did, because he hasn't under he might not be those people, but he does have a pretty good idea what they care about. You know, all of these things, and we're gonna we're gonna drill down deeper into the cuts, and, and I, I approve. I think these will be very popular cuts because I think working men and women of America feel like um, you could probably, yeah, you could go ahead and cut a few hundred million dollars out of arts programs that are primarily in New York uh, and secondarily in L.A. and then Chicago. Oh, but we're going to lose the arts. No, we're not. Let the people who use the arts 
pay for the arts. The King of Ding. And this other guy, Michael Berry. Two calls, Sangria Wine, off the Viva Terlingua album, one of Jerry Jeff Walker's finest. Jerry Jeff Walker turning 75 today, a true Texas treasure. So the, uh, sorry, when I lost my glasses, I, I was fumbling and bumbling, but I found them now. So here's the breakdown of the Trump cuts that has the left screaming. Number one, cuts all funding for National Endowment for the Humanities, National Endowment for the Arts, NPR, and PBS. So I guess Big Bird's going to have to compete for kitty eyeballs the way Chuck E. Cheese and everybody else does. Oh, my God. What's going to happen to Sesame Street? Well, if it's a sustainable business model, uh, then it will stay on the air. And if it's not, then taxpayers are going to stop paying for it. Because guess what? In most of our economy, if you want to provide, oh, I don't know, kitty technology or kitty programming to indoctrinate children against their parents, you have to convince somebody like their parents to pay for it. But somehow, somebody got the idea that PBS should require the very parents being insulted to pay for this program. No thanks. Total cuts, $445 million for NPR and PBS, and $296 million for NEA and NEHO. And an additional $230 million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services, which supports libraries and museums. You know, I don't know how much, if any, money the Houston Museum of Natural Science gets. And I'm not speaking on their behalf when I make this statement. But I will tell you this. 
the president of the Houston Museum of Natural Science is is an interesting cat. He started working there when he was 19 years old as a security guard. He's now the CEO. Now, that might not seem impressive if you don't know anything about the museum world, but during my stint as a city councilman, I came, most of the museums get city funding, and I came to know a lot of those guys. And even if they didn't get city funding, they all need parking, and they all need different things from the city. It's unheard of, his background. And I'll bet you that their ratio to public or government-subsidized funding to private philanthropic money, I'll bet you they have a better ratio. It's the fourth most visited museum in America, and it's in little old Houston, Texas, not in New York, not in D.C. I'd be curious to see what their numbers look like. But what they do is they go get the Ernie Cockrells and the Bob McNairs and the other people uh, lots of charities and organizations and nonprofits are seeking their money, and they go to them and say, say hey, how about a very uh, educational butterfly museum that makes kids want to be scientists? Okay, there, here's however much money the cockerels gave them. That's the way it ought to be. Number two, it cuts the EPA budget by 31%. Number three, cuts the State Department budget by 31% including a 50% reduction on the amount of money sent to the United Nations, cutting half that money. Wow, this is beautiful. This really, this kind of thing excites me. I'm not going to lie to you. Number four, National Institute of Health, cut by $5.8 billion, which is 20%. Department of Energy, cut by $900 million, 20%. Laugh at Rick Perry now. Health and Human Services cut by $15.1 billion. That's an 18% cut. NOAA cut by 18%. Wow. My goodness. This damn Trump. I, I tell you what. This damn Trump. He's going to mess around and make me like him. And I hate that. Number five. NASA Earth Sciences programs would be cut. And its Office of Education dropped. This represents a decrease in funding of $200 million, or 0.8% of its budget. Now listen, some of that money's probably in Clear Lake, and some of those people are probably our listeners. And what I would tell you is this. NASA's a wonderful program, and the Office of Education and their outreach is wonderful. I've made use of it for my own children. And what we need to do is create an outreach to the community and start asking people to write checks the way we do for lots of other things. And that's a good thing. It'll make the organization better. Because you know what? It's just like running for office. When you got to go ask people for money, you also have to listen to their opinion. And that helps you shape and mold what you do. The Global Climate Change Initiative would be eliminated. Oh, my goodness. You know what this is right here, Ramon? This is budget porn. I am getting a little bit too excited over this. This is the best news yet. No more funding to the United Nations climate change stuff. Number seven, adds $500 million to expand opioid abuse treatment. Number eight, increases spending on the VA 6%, or about $4.4 billion. Ooh, we're just getting started. Ramon. The King of Ding. Yeah.
and this other guy, Michael Berry. Back up all your dishes. Make note of all good wishes. Say goodbye to the landlord for me. Sons of bitches always bore me. Throw out those L.A. papers. Molding box of vanilla wafers. Adios to all this concrete. Gonna get me some dirt road back The late, great Guy Clark wrote that song, as well as Randall Nye, Desperado's Waiting for a Train. The man singing it is Jerry Jeff Walker, who turns 75 today. Let me just finish up this uh, budget discussion, and then uh, callers, I'll get to you. I know you're on hold. Want to get through some of the other cuts that... Uh, President Trump has proposed, adds $500 million to expand opioid abuse treatment, increases spending in the VA 6%, or about $4.4 billion, cuts about $9 billion from the Department of Education, or 13% of their spending. That's what Nancy Pelosi was rambling about. Because we need more money for schools and education, because education is good. And if education is good, I don't want to take money from education. Ramon, could you do the teen South Carolina bit uh, for Nancy Pelosi? Because education is good. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some... uh, people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and I believe that they should uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our thank you very much South Carolina Yes, because education is good, and um, whenever I was preparing for the pageant, um, they told me, like, when things are good, you, you always want to throw in, like, Iraq and South Africa, and also education is good because it makes people good, and it's not bad, because what we should really try to do, um, I'd like to win the pageant, what we should really do is really we should be against bad things, and we should be for good things, and education is a good thing. Number 10, boosts military spending by $54 billion. So liberals are freaking out because there won't be money to indoctrinate the children sufficiently. Uh, We will be choked by smog. No medical research will be done. People will just be dying in the streets. The drinking water will be polluted. The United Nations will hate us because that's a great organization. 
and we'll all burn up because of global warming. And um, I was going to say Big Bird will be on the unemployment line. But I'm told now, Ramon, did you know this? Cue the Sesame Street music. Big Bird is on HBO now. Wait a minute. You mean that the Sesame Street business model was sustainable? Who, If I had offered you this, what would happen first? Ramon wouldn't be able to cue the Sesame Street bump song that I asked for 10 minutes ago, or Sesame Street would be on a private station, and Sesame Street would win. That's the damnedest thing. <laughs> so they brought all the violence and language to HBO. On the other hand, stop complaining. Half a billion dollars to fix opioid abuse and even more money for veterans. I can be for that. Ramon, shall we take a call from the people? Our own little town hall as it is? Yes, it is. Oh, by the way, uh, just real quick, two quick things. Uh, number one, tomorrow morning on the early show, we'll start the show as we normally do, uh, opening segment, and then we will go uh, for a few segments to my interview with the man who was elected Texas's governor 35 years ago, a Democrat named Mark White. And we'll talk about how the Democrat Party has changed. He's still a Democrat 35 years later in Texas. We'll talk about uh, the days when he was elected and in the next two-year cycle, Rick Perry was elected as a Democrat. Um, and Richards was elected that year to a statewide official to be the, the treasurer, went on to be governor and then lose to... Uh, George W. Bush in the 94 election. We'll talk about education reform in the state of Texas and um, why it was that he lost his reelection and what he learned from all that. And I think for some of you, you may, I hope you'll find it to be very interesting. The other thing is this morning, I encouraged people to uh, email me with the opening sentence being this, Michael. You ought to do a segment on and then filling it in. And we received a flood of email. And after the interview tomorrow morning, I will be reading some of those emails and topics, and we'll be planning those segments uh, on the show. And I must say, we had we got tickle pink uh, listening to some of the uh, some of the emails that came in. There were some great ideas uh, for show segments that came in. Never too late. We, we've created a folder to put them in. So that when, uh, you know, evergreen, uh, we call it in the radio business, topics that are always interesting to talk about. So if you ever want to send me a direct email, Michael Berry Show, S-H-O-W, at Reagan, R-E-A-G-A-N, Michael Berry Show at Reagan.com. Chris reads those out, prints them out, and I, re I review them from there. And if you, or if you can't remember that because you're driving, Show at Reagan.com, you can also go to the website, michaelberry.com. Click on there, and you'll see where it says send Michael an email. So, uh, Matt, let's go to Matt. Matt, you are on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead, my man. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, hey, how you doing, Michael? I'm good. How hey. are you, Matt? What's going on? Everything all right? Oh, everything Family's wonderful. good? Everybody's good? Oh, yeah, everything's good. Um, hey, man, okay. just say before I even get started, you know, I've been listening to talk radio for years. Um, I don't generally like what I get from talk radio, but you, sir, I find to be a principled person. I respect that about you. I'm going to give you a tremendous amount of respect, respect your game, 
Definitely more so than someone like, uh, let's say, Sean Hannity. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I guess I was going to listen to your segment before just about um, so I see, you know, the, the budget's getting trimmed. You know, we have a new executive in. President Trump's making his decision. Hey, hey Matt, Matt hold on. I, I didn't manage my time well, so I'm gonna, I want to spend the start of the next segment with you. Where are you calling from? New Orleans. I'm on the West Bank right now. I was trying to get your accent. Okay, all right, hold with us for just a moment. I look forward to hearing With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Turn your point. Hold right there. Time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. We're talking about Donald Trump's proposed budget cuts. Let's go back to Matt from uh, the West Bank. New Orleans. Matt, you were just about to make your point when I had to interrupt you, so go ahead now, sir. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, I guess my big point with this, um, I mean, it is a more philosophical thing. Um, it's just kind of the tendency to look uh, at social services as something to be commoditized, commercialized, and um, I just wonder how far, you know, we really want that pendulum to swing. I mean, do we want to have museums, for example, let's just use the example of museums. Um, do we want them all to be funded by, you know, uh, wealthy benefactors? Do we want them to be funded by corporations? Um, do we want some public funding? I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, a fair point to make that if someone's writing a check, they're going to want their opinion to be put, you know, into exhibits that would be in said museums. I mean, is that a fair point to make, you think? Um. I think it's something uh, – could that happen? Sure. But uh, has it happened? No, I, don't, I really don't think it has. And, and um, I mean, I felt like – sorry, I feel like I saw at the Natural History Museum, I and mean, there's a whole exhibit about oil, for example, and oil exploration. And I mean, I used to uh, – I'm a teacher, and I used to teach actually for uh, Chevron in the old Enron building when I lived in Houston. And it's a really fascinating thing to talk to people who are geologists and this and that, but I mean, I mean, a whole exhibit about just oil exploration – you know, with all of natural history, it seemed a little out of place for me, you know, in the museum. And it got me wondering, I mean, okay, let me see who's writing the checks here. And it's ExxonMobil, Saudi Aramco. And I mean, you know, <clears throat> so if we're going to go off of, if we're going to have all these, you know, great institutions across the country, and if they're going to be funded by the McNairs, the Bushes, the Bin Ladens, whatever company, whoever, whoever's got money, if they've got, uh, you know, I don't want to say an axe to grind, but if they want to promote well, their vision, you know, their Matt, Matt you, you raise an interesting question, and and I think that I I would offer you the flip side of that coin is that every individual is going to want to drive their agenda in a museum, and you can take uh, the McNairs and the Cockrells out of the funding of these things, 
and you can insert instead uh, a committee that Sheila Jackson Lee or Nancy Pelosi sits on, I don't think there is any doubt that there is an agenda coming from those who would who would set up exhibits in museums that receive government funding. And I give you a great example of that. We've seen a, conf a uniformity of conformity by uh, the scholarship coming out of universities on the issue of global warming. And much of that scholarship has been questioned. I mean, we saw the case at, at uh, University of Birmingham, I think it was, in England, where they were altering the emails to, and they were altering the data to suggest that there had been a trend of warming when in fact there had been no such trend. And the reason was that they get their funding and share beliefs with uh, the government. So is it the case that if people give money, they're often going to tie strings to that? Yes. But, you know, I would argue, and thank you for your call, I would argue that um, – that's happening no matter what happens, right? I, I don't think it's the case that a museum absent industry funding is any more objective, fair, fact-based than one that's funded by the oil industry. Um, I, 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 I don't find that to be the case. But, you know, let's take the case of professional sports, for instance. Um, we've seen uh, We've seen with professional sports, let's say, uh, let's take professional football. We've watched the NFL explode as uh, a business, as an industry. They have a monopolistic power that has been granted to them by government, a franchise, and, and, and sort of you could use an oligopoly. I, I hesitate to use the word oligopoly because that's usually student protesters that are excited that they have a multisyllabic word. But they do have a, a, a closed barrier to entry for this organization. And I don't know that the NFL experience is any better today because cities are pouring three, $400 million into a stadium than it was in the 70s when they, when they repurposed college stadiums. I think it was the third Super Bowl. I could be wrong, but I think it was Super Bowl three that was held in Houston. Uh, Houston's held three Super Bowls the first of which was at Rice Stadium, a stadium that had already been built. Now, you cannot monetize a Super Bowl game in an, a worn-out stadium. Of course, Rice Stadium was not as old then. You'll remember when John F. Kennedy gave his uh, speech about we're going to go to the moon by the end of the decade. He came to Houston and gave that in the midday heat, and if I recall correctly, it was in the month of June, and he gave it at that same stadium. But my point is this. In the last 40 years, we have watched uh, underconfident cities overcompensating by uh, paying NFL team owners in order to keep an NFL team in that town and, and tying up, indebting the city in, in hundreds of millions of dollars to build these people a new stadium. And it's crazy. It makes no sense at all. This is public money going to what is equivalent Sports are really the arts. You can put all of that into the same category. We act like the arts is so different, but it isn't. So let me ask you this. Um, the same oil companies you talk about, it, it, I was just standing in the uh, Insperity Club with Reed Ryan at uh, the Astros uh, Minute Maid Park a few weeks ago. I didn't say my friend, Ramon. I didn't say my friend, but he is my friend, so you can do. I, oh, I was hanging out with him. That implies friendship. Okay. 
and I'm looking at the wall to see who his big sponsors are. And it's Calpine. I mean, it's all the big energy companies. Those big energy companies pay a lot of money to the Astros organization to be on the left field, center field, right field fence. And, you know, they get a few seats with it. Yeah, but which, by the way, my kids and I are available to go and sit in any time. Ramon, you in? Okay, you waited too. No, you waited too long. Never mind. You waited too long. Uh, you can go to watch the soccer game. So it's all oil companies. Now, do you think that Calpine uh, has has any influence on, um, uh, you know, when Dallas Keuchel pitches? No, they don't. They pay a lot of money to have their name associated with the types of people who are going to be uh, at a baseball game. Nothing more, nothing less. So, you know, any self-respecting museum is not going to put in um, – exhibits on the basis of who writes them checks. But by the same token, I would argue that energy is critical to our lives and that it's at least as important that young people see an exhibit on the American energy industry, how we locate oil, how we drill for oil, how we extract it, new means of extraction, frack, fracking and those sorts of things for oil and for gas. And what happens when it comes up, how it is uh, uh, extracted, how it is refined, how it is uh, transported across an intricate pipeline network across the country, how many people work in that, how many aspects of your life are affected by what these engineers first find and these roughnecks go drill. I mean, this is, that's at least as important to the life of every American child as, in learning, as is learning about uh, Tyrannosaurus rex. I'm all for, you know, learning the various periods of ancient history, but I'm also for understanding how Grandma got her uh, dentures, and it's because of the byproduct of the petroleum industry. Yeah, that should be an exhibit. Ramon, the king of ding. And this other guy, Michael Berry. Blame it all on our roots. We never wore boots. Never once played in the street. Feel very bitter, get our news off of Twitter, just can't handle defeat. You saw the surprise, the fear in our eyes, Donald became president. Scream, this can't be true, America's through, to the same spaces we went. I've got friends in the same don't go with us, then you must be racist. That's our catchphrase. Where's my latte? Come on in and let's get cozy. Showing off participation trophies, watching CNN. Six faces. Sing happy songs and watch movies by Michael Moore. We hate the alt-right. We got puppies on sight and we lay around on the floor. 
just coloring books and sad long face looks and tears just explode from our face but give us an hour we're delicate flowers we just need an embrace I've got friends in safe spaces oh don't go with the thing you must be racist that's our catchphrase Where's my latte? Come on in and let's get cozy. Showing up participation trophies, watching CNN and safe spaces. I got friends in safe spaces. That's a fellow named Chad Prather, who's out of Dallas, Texas country music singer-songwriter. And the other fellow is uh, Steve Mudflap McGrew. They're actually out on a tour called the Friends in Safe Spaces Tour. Um, and you can look it up and find it. Breaking news from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for the first time in 24 years. Garth Brooks will return to Rodeo Houston in 2018. Oh, that's next year. Okay, all right. I, I thought that meant they were changing something. Okay. He will open and close the rodeo, officials announced, Thursday afternoon. Updates on air. That's from Channel 13. Yeah, you know. Oh, no, no, it's not that kind of open and close, Ramon. That that just means he'll be the first artist to play. No, 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 he doesn't have the keys. And he's not cleaning up and all that. No, 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 no. That means he's, yeah, no, he is performing. He's performing. They don't mean like like at the bar we have somebody open and close. They mean he's going to be the, the first guy to sing and then the last guy to sing, you know, first show and the last show. You know, I get the impression with Garth. That taking those years off of uh, and, and not performing out there and only doing that wind show, and I kind of get the impression that he's hungry again. And I think that that is a bit more charming because I think sometimes when a guy's on top for too long, they can be less likable. But it's almost as if uh, a few years away, it, it's hard. It's hard to get back up and get back on top. And it's almost as if he's working harder, doing more for the fans, and I think that's a, uh, I think that's a good thing. How about that? I think that is a good thing. To the phone lines we go. Um, Justin will be our next caller. Justin, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. 
Yes, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. On the subject of cutting the spending, which I really mm-hmm. enjoyed listening to because uh, I hadn't heard about it until you were just talking about it. But uh, there was something that I had already kind of considered, and I wanted your opinion on it. The um, There is a uh, – well, my wife's a teacher. She actually she teaches special needs, and she has a mixture of special needs, kids, and behavioral. And there is something called a loan forgiveness program. And I, I don't even know – which administration actually began this? Does um, not sure. Maybe you know, but um, anyway, she fits the description of after a certain amount of years, and you have to teach a certain subject and and be certified and yada yada, and uh, you get a forgiveness of about seventeen thousand five hundred dollars, um, and she actually fits that that description. So I was like, well. Here we have a new administration and uh, new uh, new cuts. Obviously, from what uh, from what I understand, though, Trump is a supporter of um, of uh, a better education for the United States. That's uh, just from what I understand. But, um, anyways, is it feasible that Trump could cut this loan forgiveness program? Um, I have considered it, and I'm not really scared. But I, I, I have it sitting in the back of my head because she only has a year to go, and that's about how much we'll have left on her student loan. So something like this really hits close to home to me, and, and I, I'm probably being a little selfish. But, um, you know, I, I think she deserves it just as much as anybody else does in her situation. Um, and I just uh, wanted your opinion on that, Michael. Well, Justin, I appreciate your call. Um, Government is engaged often in the process of redistributing wealth. And that makes people uncomfortable when you use those words, and particularly because people who've never studied economics don't understand that the term wealth does not mean you're a billionaire. Um, It's it's a unit of measurement. Uh, It's it's technically a unit of measurement. It's it's a means of discussing um, an accumulation of funds, large or small. But sure, that's that's a redistribution of wealth from the taxpayer to the teacher. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and you want your wife to get hers, and, you know, veterans want the VA to be uh, better, and artists want the National Endowment to be there for this, and and long-haul drivers want better roads. And uh, it's perfectly rational um, to operate in your self-interest. And some of our desire for spending is operating in self-interest. And as long as you recognize that, sure. Is that program up to be cut? I don't know. Uh, Will it be cut? I, I have no idea. But, you know, there was um, there was a budgeting technique that was all the rage in the 70s, and you don't hear much about it anymore. 
It was created actually by an accounting manager at uh, the company Texas Instruments. The guy's name was uh, Peter Purr, Pete Purr, P-Y-R-R, P-Y-H-R. But uh, I want to discuss that coming up. It's important. Ramon, the king of ding. And this other guy, Michael Berry. Revolving at 900 miles an hour. It's orbiting at 19 miles a second. So it's reckoned a sun that is the source of all our power. The sun and you and me and all the stars that we can see are moving at a million miles a day. In an outer spiral arm at 40,000 miles an hour of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. I confess I've enjoyed watching the left lose their minds over these Trump-proposed cuts. Absolutely lose their minds. Patton Oswalt, who can be a funny comedian, unfortunately thinks he has the mind for public policy, he doesn't, tweeted, talking of Trump, I hope he faces an international criminal court for this. This is terrorism by neglect and ignorance. Well, do you really want the United States president to be appearing at the Nuremberg trials for the budgetary proposals he's making? Who exactly would comprise these international courts. You know, I think what happens with comedians, comedians create situations, you know, where they want to tell a funny joke and the construct requires that they make fun of their mother. So they tell a story that's not true. And some of them, when they push really hard, will say, it's just a joke, guys. It didn't really happen. Or, you know, they'll make a joke about kicking their kid off the 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 ledge because their kid didn't want to eat Cheetos and their kid felt it, it's a joke. It's it's the construct of how you create this emotion of wouldn't that be awesome, awful, not awesome, wouldn't that be awful if someone really was that way, but of course I'm not that way. And I think that they suspend reality so often that they don't know when they're back in it. And that's where I think the George Clooney's and Angelina Jolie's go wrong and Alec Baldwin. You know, the reason most of us could never be good actors, much less great actors, like a Robert De Niro, is they're capable, they have a skill that we don't have. They can suspend reality. Robert De Niro can become Lamada. He can become a taxi driver. He can become a raging madman. He can become a parent whose kid is bringing home, you know, their their lover, and he has to play this role. He can do those things when we can't, because we're stuck or grounded in reality. You see, it would be hard for us to play a character that we're not, because we have to confront reality every single day. If you have a child with severe autism, you don't get to pretend that Peter Pan came into your room 
and you're Tinkerbell, and you Tinkerbelled away, and someone puts a cable on you, and you fly out over things, and they make the noise, and you look up there, and there I go, because you have to go to bed early and get up in the morning and take care of that child, and that's going to be there until the day you die, or if you're a nurse and a single mom, and you got to show up tomorrow and change bedpans for sick people, because that's how you make a living, and that's how your kids get fed. You don't get to suspend reality, but actors and actresses do. They're very good at it. That's how they can play all these different roles. They can be uh, a, a monstrous murderer in one and a princess in the next, a vile-looking human being and a beauty queen in the next, because that's what they do. They have that skill. The problem is we don't need to suspend reality to make public policy. We need to confront reality. And that's what they're not good at. Simply put. Ramon, I'm sorry. I had a little email hookup. Uh, I mean, a little email hiccup. And I, I just got your, uh, I just got your uh, uh, message. Uh, let's go to Steve, shall we? Steve, you're on the Michael Berry Show. I didn't realize we had a caller. I apologize. Steve, go ahead, my man. Hey, what's going on, Michael? <clears throat> Uh, just doing a show hey, and stuff, kind of did, talking about some things. Uh, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, didn't want to be sure. one of those uh, types. Uh, <laughs> I just want to talk about all right. uh, Go ahead. Ironworks. Um, my nephew came by just a little bit ago and dropped me uh, off an iron uh, uh, skillet. And it's really nice, and I really like it a lot. And I told him so much how I wanted to get you know, into cooking outside and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, it's it's wonderful stuff because you know it's a made in USA product and I'm about how old to, is it? Sorry, how old is the skillet? Oh, it's brand new. Okay. Uh, right. No, how big I got around from is my it? grandparents a couple of years ago, and that's from the 1950s. I'm the same age as you. I'm I'm, I'm 47. Well, you okay. might be 46, but I'm 47. I'm 46. Uh, anyhow, I, I'm into all this stuff now and. I want to go back out to the outdoors and do campfires, and I want to, I want to cook like that with pot roast and stuff like that. Put your onions and your potatoes and yeah, potatoes. cowboy cooking. Yeah, I want I want to go back to cowboy cooking, and I don't well, know if anybody. Well, Steve, else let me ask you a question. Sure. How how, how how what how many inches around would you guess that skillet is? Fifteen. Fifteen inches would be the circumference. And what would, would be the diameter from one spot across to the other? Ooh. Uh, about, mm, I don't know, 8 or 12, 8 to 12, maybe 10. Hmm. I bet it would be, well, I don't know that. I'm trying I mean, to think if we if we could create a, a way to figure out the ratio of sure. the circumference of the skillet to okay. its diameter. Okay. And I'm just, uh, I'm not looking at the skillet uh, right uh, now. I'm not but, looking at it. But, well, hold on, let me just, I'm, I'm noodling in my mind. I'm running some numbers. Okay. And kind of calculating. So you figure well, it's about, you figure it's about 15 inches around? Uh, I would I would say the uh, dimensions would probably be about some to that degree, and and probably may, maybe uh, yeah, 
length. All right. Probably about 15. All right. I'm going to guess the ratio of that circumference to the diameter. Probably going to be about 3.145926535589. Roughly. Michael Berry. A former Power Ranger has pled guilty to manslaughter. <laughs> it's not funny. After stabbing his roommate to death. And if the first thing you thought of when you heard that is, we need dinosaur power now, <laughs> we should probably have a beer. Or maybe he said, let the power protect you. Or, it's morphin' time. Or, maybe he said none of those. Because maybe he didn't pretend he was a Power Ranger at that moment, Ramon. Maybe he just stabbed his roommate. And that's not very nice. Now, is it? Uh, Ramon, is Grant still on the line? I keep making the mistake of shutting down my email and forgetting I need it back up. All right, Grant is on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead, Grant. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. There's one thing about the uh, immigration travel ban or whatever, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it, but it almost seems like the Democrats are setting Trump up for another gotcha question. Kind of like the reporters ask, when did you stop beating your wife? It's almost. How, how does it, what are they doing to set him up? What are they doing that's not of his own doing? Well, they are hyping it up. And they're they're using all these irrational thoughts to block it while hyping right. it up, right? And which could allow someone in who could potentially do harm. So the longer they block it, the more potential there is for a threat to come in. So then, right. something if something should happen down the road, the media is not going to say, "Oh, it's because." We blocked the ban for six months. It's going to be because of Trump's rhetoric, and he hates Muslims. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But let, let's, uh, yes, I, 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 yes, of course you're right. But but let me ask you a question, Grant. Are you a baseball fan? Yes. Professional baseball? The professional college, all of it. Who's your team? I grew up loving the Astros. We used to take summer trips out there and stay at the Holiday Inn across the street. Oh, so did we. So I still so have the towels our, to prove it. Um, so it's our summer trip. Well, um, so I'm assuming Jeff Bagwell or Lance Berkman were two of your favorites? Bagwell. I like Bizio, the way he, he played hard yeah, every play. Okay. He'd take people out at the second, run over the catcher. He was hard-nosed. Uh-huh. Uh, well, let's go back. To, to make my point, I, I want to use Bagwell, if you will. Bagwell was a home run hitter. He was a power hitter, right? Yes. When Jeff Bagwell got up to bat, <clears throat> if there was a runner on first and he squared off to bunt and he lays down a well-placed bunt, even if he executes perfectly, I don't know that Bags ever bunted in his career, but let's just say he did. 
He lays down a well-placed bunt. The team is down by one run. It's the bottom of the ninth. He comes up, one out. He, he lays down a well-placed bunt to advance Biggio to second base so that the tying run is on second with a single. What do you think the fans would do? With one out? With one out, yes. Or with no outs, it wouldn't matter. But what do you think the fans would do? With they'd one out, they'd probably go crazy. But yeah, with, with, with one out, they'd definitely go crazy. Zero well, out. And the reason is, what, what, what did the fans want to see when he went up to the plate? They want to see Jeff Bagwell swing for the fences, right? Correct. That's what they paid money for. They came, they paid money to see Nolan Ryan throw fastballs. They paid money to see Mike Scott pitch masterfully. They paid money to see J.R. Richard throw it wild and and crazy. They paid money to see Biggio run people over and get dirty. They paid money to see Bagwell hit home runs or Berkman hit home runs. And so in order to satisfy his fans, Bagwell goes up there swinging for the fences, right? Yes. We, we have to remember... All of the political world is a stage, and each of them is up there to play their part, right? And they're up there to do what their base wants them to do, right? They're not up there. I guess what's important to remember is that the people in politics do not look at an issue process that and consider what would be good for the country. Thank you for the call, my man. What happens is they step up to the plate, and if they're a home run hitter, they step up to hit a home run because that's what they're there for. Uh, at some point, you know, the great quarterbacks have got to start throwing the ball or the fans are going to boo because they came to see that quarterback Air it out. That's what he does if he's that kind of quarterback and not a manage-the-game quarterback. So we have to remember that it's not that Schumer thinks that. It's not that Pelosi thinks that. We have to remember that all, all the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. At first, I don't know, the infant muling and puking in the nurse's arms. And then what? The whining schoolboy with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail unwillingly to school. And then the lover, sighing like furnace, with a woeful ballad made to, I don't know, his mistress's eyebrow. Then a soldier full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard. Jealous in honor, sudden and quick in quarrel, aren't they? Seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth. And then the justice in fair, round belly with good capon lined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, and all the men and women merely players, playing out their roles, full of wise saws and modern instances and so he plays his part. That's what he does. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon with spectacles on nose and pouch on side. 
His youthful hose well saved a world too wide for his shrunk shank and his big manly voice turning again toward childish treble pipes and whistles in his sound. And then the last scene of all that ends this strange, eventful history is second childishness in its mere oblivion. Sans teeth, sans eyes, sans taste, sans everything. That's really all I have to say. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.